morning, church, and happy new year, everybody. Would you stand to your feet with me as we prepare to worship and ring in the new year the best way possible? I know that everybody's minds, if you're anything like mine, is already on 2024, on what the new year will bring, on what some goals and resolutions you might be making are. And hopefully, you've been talking with God about what He's looking for in the new year for us, for the people that we know, our spheres of influence, the neighborhoods, the workplaces, the communities that we're involved in as well. And as I was preparing to lead us this morning in songs about how God has made a way through the toughest parts of our lives, and yet we're still asking Him to come and heal the parts of ourselves and our land that are not yet anything reflective of Him, He brought back to mind a passage in the book of Joshua where Joshua is finally entering the promised land with the Israelites. And in doing so, God asks him to make a, uh, a site out of what they call memorial stones. And it was meant to be a physical, tangible reminder to the people of what God had brought them through. So if ever they lacked faith or had doubt, that they could look back on this and say, no, God brought us into this place and we could not bring ourselves here. But the most beautiful thing I think about that memorial stone is its duality because it is simultaneously both a monument of accomplishment and a tombstone of all that they had lost because see before there was a promised land there was a wilderness there was a long long time of slavery there was oppression there was internal bickering there were rebellions there were things that people had to endure and go through before they could reach the promised land. And in all of those things, we got to see the accomplishments that God had. He brought them through the Red Sea, broke down the walls of Jericho, freed them. The heat was the cloud, of, uh, cloud by night and the pillar of fire by day. He uh, bestowed manna on them. But there is just as much understanding that as much as God had won, there was losses in, internally. Because see, the people that they were could not enter the promised land. An entire generation had to go before God said, all right, now we're in the season where these people who you are now can enter the next phase, the new season of life that I've called you to. It wasn't just a grave for all the people that had physically died. It was a grave for who they were before they stepped foot in that place because the promised land was holy and sacred and beautiful. and They couldn't tame that. And so as we're about to step into our own new seasons today, I don't know if you're about to step into a wilderness or a promised land in 2024, or maybe a good chunk of both, if your ears are anything like most of ours up on the stage. I don't know what it's gonna look like for you, but I know that God is calling all of us to make 2023 into a memorial site that we can look at and say, look at what all that God has accomplished, but also to let us bury some things, good and bad, that do not belong in 2024. Yeah. So this morning as we're worshiping, I want us all to be asking what are those things that God is asking us to leave behind and what are the things God is look, asking for us to look forward to that he is doing and preparing in our lives and in the world around us. Would you join in with me that morning, church? Let's pray before we start. God, we thank you that you are not quelled by the impossible. You are not intimidated by what seems invincible to us, God because you are the writer and author of what does and will not happen on this earth. You declare every law, you bring every event into action, God. 
your will stands. And it is your will that we wish to align with today and every day in 2024, God. If there are parts of us that need to be pruned and buried and left at this mortal site, God, let it be so. We know that it is a dangerous prayer, but God, help us to trust you, to remember your faithfulness in every wilderness season, in every Red Sea moment, God, in every Egypt of our lives, God. May we remember your goodness and faithfulness in the land of the living. May we show you, God, how much we love and honor and trust the man, the God that you are. We thank you. We praise you. And we are choosing to walk in accordance with your will throughout every year to come. It is your holy and almighty name that we pray. Amen. All right, church, let's worship. is always the same. The words on the pages, the promise you made us still have the final say. You will make a way. You always make a way. Yes. You will make a way. You always make a way. tomorrow cause you're already in it my hope and my future is already written because you are God no matter the odds the outcome is always the same words on the page is the promise you made us still have the final say you will make a way always make a way every time you will make a way you always make a way you will make a way Impossible is what you do. 
nothing's too hard for you. Impossible is what you do. I know you've got this too. Impossible is what you do. Nothing's too hard for you. Impossible is what you do.
trust in oh, yes, you. Is. That's why I trust in God. He's still making ways. That's why I trust oh, in God. God. Still making ways. He will make a way. Turn from our wicked ways and humble ourselves and pray. You seek your face, you'd give us grace. So come have your way, Lord. Here we are, abandoned hearts, abandoned knees with outstretched arms. God, hear us from heaven, send us your presence. We need you, Lord. We need you, Lord. We need you, Lord. Summer and spring may pass, but winter and fall won't last. I can trust the Creator, He's perfect in nature. Better is coming, I know. Just like the rising sun, my faith is rising up. You're the God of your promise, and what you have started, you're faithful to finish. Because you said, if we turn from our wicked ways, and humble ourselves and pray, and seek your face, you give us grace. So come have your way, Lord. Here we Abandoned hearts, abandoned knees with outstretched arms. God, hear us from heaven, send us your presence. We need you, Lord. We need you, Lord. We need you, Lord. Oh, Lord. Come and heal our land. Oh Lord, come and heal our land. 
We can't get breakthrough by ourselves. We can't be saved by ourselves. We can't work ourselves into salvation. Daddy, we need you. Daddy, we need you today. We don't just need you to end 2023. We need you, Lord God, to lead us into 2024. 
Open our eyes to see your path, Lord God. Father, you are the God of the impossible. Everything that we cried out today, everything we prayed, Lord God, you're the God of the impossible. What is impossible for us is not is still possible for you. For that cancer that people are taking into 2024, we pray that it dies right now, that it is healed in the name of Jesus. That addiction, that oppression, Lord God, that those suicidal thoughts in the name of Jesus, that lie that said you'll always be, you'll never become, you'll never get your breakthrough in the name of Jesus. We pray clarity of mind today, peace in our hearts. You are Yahweh Shalom, you are the God of peace. Jesus, you're the King of kings and Lord of lords, the Prince of peace. Of the increase of your peace there shall be no end. So whatever breakthrough needs to come, whatever giant needs to fall, whatever Jericho needs to collapse, whatever lie we have believed that is outside of who you are, in the name of Jesus we pray today for there to be freedom in this room. Freedom that doesn't come from us, but freedom that comes to us because of what you've done. Today, Daddy, we declare we are not, we are not what was done by us. We are not what was done to us. We are only what was done for us on the cross of Calvary. Today, Holy Spirit, come. We give place to you. Jesus, come. Let your kingdom come. Come on, church. Let your will be done. We submit ourselves to your will today. Can you just take a moment? Just say that in your own way to God. Just say, God, I submit myself to you today. Just tell them you've been holding some stuff back. Just say, God, here I am. Thank you for taking me the way that I am and changing me to be something I could never be on my own. Let your kingdom come, Jesus. Let your will be done in our lives, in this church, in our nation, in our communities, in our world today. In Israel and Gaza, Lord God, in Ukraine and Russia, the battlefields of Uganda and Nigeria in the name of Jesus. Come and move. Come and move. In the name of Jesus, we pray. And together in faith, we say amen and amen. Come on, can we give God just a shout of glory for what he did in your life for 2023? He deserves some praise. If you've made it here today, he deserves some praise. If you are alive in 2023, you are, he deserves some praise. What a great, 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 great God we serve. Look, I don't know about you, but I am excited that this is the last day, the last Sunday of 2023. There are some things I'm saying, thank God, we're over in 2023. But there are some things I'm still looking forward. It's not always getting out of something. I love what Jake said today. We cannot forget the memorial stones. We cannot forget who he has shown himself to be. When we chose to wander, he still showed up. When we chose our own path, he still provided. When we were doing our own thing, he was still guiding. What a faithful God we have. And no, things aren't perfect. Come on, let's be honest. Ain't none of us got a perfect life. There was only one of those. But we have a faithful God. We have a faith, we, ha we have a faithful God. That's what you are praying this morning. That's what you are worshiping.
today you're saying, God, you're faithful. We say yes to you. We don't always understand it, but we, we trust you. What a God we serve. Hey, and I'm so glad that you're here today. Thank you for coming. Welcome to Connect Church. It's great to have you. If this is your first or second time, thank you for being our guest today. Thank you for being here on this day. We know what it took to get here. We know, thank you for your sacrifice, your time, your energy, uh, just for showing up today. We want to give a shout out to everybody who's online as well. Hey guys, we love you so much. We know many of you are still traveling. We're praying blessings on you. Just continue to, to look when we shout, you shout. When, you, when we praise, you praise. Wherever you are, God's there as well. It's just a powerful moment. But there's nothing like being in the house together, in the house of God. And that's why we're real, I'm really so excited for you to be here. Look, if this is your first time or second time, there's, there's going to be a, a, a QR code up there on the screen. It's actually, you can find it all around the building. If you just want to find out a little bit more about church, we would love to find out a little bit more about you as well. I say this all the time, but it's the truth. Your story matters. Like your story is part of the story God is telling to our generation, to our community. That's why church isn't about a Sunday morning moment. It's about how we can live life together. Hear the stories of one another because the story of each other is God's story to our generation. What a great story he's telling, by the way. I'm looking around. There's some good stories I'm looking at in this room. You know, the part of the privilege of being a pastor is knowing some stories and knowing that what makes a beautiful story beautiful isn't always the perfection of the story. It's not always even the final breakthrough of the story. It's watching people worship in the midst of the story have faith in the midst of the story to know what it took for some of these people to get up here today and walk in these doors today and still lift up a hand and worship God that's a story so thank you for telling your story and be a part of the story before we release the children today we want to do one last thing we believe in generations we believe God is a God of generations. He's the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. We believe that God actually increases generations, right? Abraham blessed Isaac. Isaac increased to Jacob. Jacob birthed Joseph, who saw an entire nation, entire world be provided for. There's a breakthrough in nations, in generations. We're going to pray for them today. So if you're a, 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 a kiddo in here, uh, no matter the age of the kiddo, if you're, a, if you're a parent or a caregiver, we want to pray for you today. If you are a parent and your kids are around you, can you just lay some hands on them really quickly? Just, put, just, just lay your hands on them. If you're a parent and your kids aren't in this room and they're somewhere else, just stretch out your hands. We're going to have Pastor Kevin and Pastor Lisa come on up and pray over these. Can you guys give these guys a hand really quick? They're the pastors of our kids and family pastors. Amazing. We're believing. Come on, church. Let's believe for a breakthrough for our kids as we send them back for 2024, for them to be missionaries in their schools, for them to have prophetic words into their, into their generation, for them to have worship rise up and words to come out in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. We bless you, Lord God. We bless you, Lord God. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Right now, Lord, we want to pray. Lord, we want to pray for families represented in this house, whether you're a single parent on the grind, whether you are parents-to-be, whether yes. you're in this room or in the nursing mother's room, whether you're online, whether you're the parent of a 35-year-old mm. who's on their own journey. Jesus, come on. Yes, we say yes. 
or you're trying. We believe in generations, which means we believe in the miracles that happen through these generations. Yes, 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 yes. And we stand firmly in the belief that if he said it, yes. If we believe it, it is done. Yes. Yes. We thank you, Father, for your faithfulness. Lisa. Church, something kind of funny, but I got a call from a gym recently that uh, I'd been to many, many months and months ago to see if I would start up for the new year. You know how it happens, right? Gyms don't want to miss an opportunity. Yeah. They know to get on it. Yep. Let me try to get them in for the new year because they know this is a chance. Yes. And it made me think it's just like with us, with our families, with our own lives. The enemy is not sitting back, not to give him any glory at all, but the reality is he is not sitting back. We cannot afford to be placent. Yes. And we've had fun. Yes. We've probably eaten too much over Christmas. There's been lots of toys, but families, and even as a, a single person or a family, wherever yes. we find ourselves today, the, we cannot be placent. Yep. We do not have time to sit back and be like, you know what? I'm really busy, but in, in a few weeks, I'm going to get myself together. I'm going to get back into the Word. I'm going to spend more time with the Lord. I'm going to get into prayer. But right now, I'm just really extra busy. And, you know, I really want to get to the gym and take care of my body. So I'm going to get yeah. up early in the morning and yes. do that. But I don't have time to get in with the Lord. We don't have the time to be placed in church. Yes. Yep. The enemy is not sitting yes. back going, okay, I'll yes. just wait. Yes. So we are going to continue to pray over ourselves, over our lives today, parents, and caregivers over our children, yes. to be, yes. like the word says, on the proactive. Yes. Amen, church? Yes. Yes. Let's yes. continue yes. to yes. agree yes. together. Father, yes. we stand yes. together yes. in agreement yes. this morning Thank as a church. Yes. God, we plead your blood over our families, yes. over yes. each of our yes. lives, wherever yes. we find ourselves in this season today, yes. God. It doesn't matter. It's just as important wherever we are today, Lord God. So we plead your blood over our lives, God. Yes, we pray Lord for Jesus. these yes. generations. We yes. pray for yes. the babies, yes. the toddlers, yes. the yes. children, yes. the teens, yes. Lord. Yes. God, we pray in protection the over them this year Chapter in 2024, God, God, when in they the walk into the schools. Lord, may you protect their minds when they hear things that contradict your word. May you make them strong to stand up against it, Lord. When everyone else in their class is speaking against you and the truth of standing up for one truth, may you make them strong to stand up and declare that you are true, yes, God, that you are yes, the one true yes, good God, yes, Lord. Yes, 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 Lord, for the yes. teens as they navigate this world, Lord, yes. with relationships Power. and on social media, yes. Father, we pray that you would protect them, that name. they would know their Where's identity the in you, Lord, that they are loved, yes. God, that they don't need to look any kind of way to be accepted. Yes. They don't need to be yes. any kind of way to be accepted. Yes. They're already accepted yes, in, in you, you, Lord Jesus. Yes, Jesus. God, may you fill them with that revelation knowledge, Lord God. And Father, for parents, Lord God, give us wisdom. May we yes. set the example, Lord. Hallelujah. May we give be more about setting the example than the words that we are speaking to our children. That our children would see us on our knees, Lord, seeking you first. That they would see us worshiping you in the good times, worshiping you in the hard times, Lord God. They would see us 
put you first every single morning, every yes. single day, and they Hallelujah. would just therefore follow, Lord God. Yes. Father, Thank may you your Jesus. light be at the center of our homes. Yes. And Lord, for those in here, God, that have our single father we plead your blood over yes. the single people in this yes, church today Lord god, god. father we pray for king. protection over king. their lives Bless lord you. protection god, over their purity lord. today yes. father may yes. they know that Spray they are more than home. enough in yes. you lord god yes. and that you have great plans for them yes. father lord god we give you all the glory and praise father we fix our Ooh. eyes on you lord god thank you that you yes. are good no matter what we see around us, Lord God, we stand on your word today that you have good plans for us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Amen. Hey. All right. Can you guys give the kiddos a hand as they're following Pastor Lisa and Pastor Kevin out? The, uh, I know there's a... Yeah, there's a sign over there somewhere. Hallelujah. Hey, as you guys are being seated, give somebody next to you a high five, a fist pump. Tell them it's good to see them this morning at church. So good to see everybody this morning. Are you guys ready for the word this morning? I'm ready, I'm ready to hop in because I'm, I'm, I'm excited that it is uh, the last Sunday um, of 2023. I, I always love kind of the end of something, the transition into something new. Um, and I'm believing that for you this year, that there's going to be transitions into something new. But I'm also believing that God's not done with some stuff in us yet. And so, uh, since, since you brought your Bible, why don't you open with me to Isaiah chapter 11. Isaiah is the 23rd book of the Old Testament, written by the prophet Isaiah to the people of God. And if you're looking for a title today, the title of the message is, It Ain't Over. It ain't over on this last Sunday of 2023. Let me just say, it ain't over yet. It ain't over. I know this time of year, it's easy to think that there are a lot of things that are over, right? That, that we're transitioning into a new year and maybe into a new thing. And, and, and some of those things, can I just say, are really good that we're transitioning out of them. There are some things that we're saying, thank God this is over, right? And, and, and it's good that there's transition. But then there are some things, maybe that God has started. Maybe that the Spirit has started to birth in you and I that, that hasn't come to fruition yet. Maybe there are some small breakthroughs, some, some small direction that, we, that we've been given, but, but we haven't seen the full fruit of it yet. And in those areas, we need to tell our souls to hold on. Give God a minute to let faith rise. Because I believe without a shadow of a doubt that, that just because it, we haven't seen it all yet, and I don't know about you, but me, many times, if I don't see it all, like I'm like, all right, God, I know you started something, but I, I need to see it all. Just because we haven't seen it all yet, it's not over. It's not over. Can I ask a real question today? How many things that maybe haven't met our expectations or our hopes or maybe even our faith are in danger of being the baby that's thrown out with the bathwater in 2024? What are some of those things in our life? Maybe we, we started reading the Bible and but it really hasn't taken us to the places we hoped that it we would go yet. Maybe that's easy to kind of let go to the wayside. Or maybe we, we hopped into a forged or a shoulder-to-shoulder group and we started our journey towards being a disciple. But to be honest, there's just so much on our plate that we're looking forward to that maybe that's one of those things that kind of falls off the plate. Or maybe God has started to do something in that relationship that you've been praying about for so long but there's still so much pain in that relationship 
that it's easier just to cut it off than to keep it going. See, the truth of the matter is it's easy for our souls to diminish and discard small beginnings because our physical, our, our physical selves equates physical prosperity with heavenly pleasure, right? So basically what am I saying is this, is that if things are good in my life, God must be happy with me. But if things are bad in my life, then God must be unhappy with me. But see, Zechariah chapter 4, verse 10 says this, do not despise the small beginnings because God rejoices when he begins a work. God gets excited to begin something in you that's new. Maybe it hasn't come to fruition yet. Maybe you haven't seen it bear all of its fruit yet. But don't despise the small beginnings. Come on, there's a small beginning that our soul wants to squash that the spirit inside of us should be crying out, it ain't over yet. Come on. In this text, Isaiah is encouraging the whole nation of Israel that just because it seems like the enemy has won and the line of the king, uh, the line of David, the kingly line of David is no more, and that they'll never really be all that they were promised to be, at least that's what they believe, Not, nothing's really going to happen. He's trying to encourage them to hold on. He's trying to tell them it ain't over yet. Something is stirring. There's a breakthrough that's getting ready to be born and to be birthed. What was once dead is going to live. What was once dead, what was once dead is going to live again. It ain't over yet. Does anyone need to hear this in 2020? It ain't, there are things God is trying to get. I know for me, there are things that I've been facing this year that I'm like, oh, I need, I can't. And it, mm, I'm gonna believe it ain't over yet. I've seen little breakthroughs. But it's not full yet. It hasn't blossomed yet. There's not a a full bloom yet. I have to remind my soul, don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. God's doing something. Let's look at this text. Maybe we'll be encouraged the same way. Isaiah 11 verse 1 says, There shall come forth a shoot from the stump of Jesse. A branch from from his roots shall bear fruit. And the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. And his delight shall be in the fear of the Lord. Now the truth is, before we go any further, Isaiah is talking about Jesus. That the baby born in the manger is going to be the shoot that comes from the stump of Jesse. That means he will be in the line of the king. That means when he is born, he is born into royalty. That he, it doesn't matter where he was born, who he is is royal. That God is reestablishing the kingly line through Jesus. Why is that important? He is who the, who the Magi proclaim him to be. He is the king of the Jews. And the truth is he's going to seemingly come from nowhere. He's coming from a stump. He's a shoot from a stump, from something that seemed dead in the natural. From something that seemed dead in the natural, God was going to actually do something to produce something that they had given up hope on. Come on, Israel was a stump. They had been cut down by their enemies, by the Assyrians, by the Babylonians, by the Greeks, by the Romans. But what seemed over in the natural, in the spiritual, God was saying, it ain't over. On top of that, Isaiah was prophesying that this king would not just have the spirit come on him and leave him, come and go, come and go, that the spirit of God was going to rest on him. It was going to rest on him. 
And not only just the Spirit, but the sevenfold expression of the Spirit that we see in Revelation 1-4 that's standing in front of the throne of God. This seven is the number of completion. And he's actually saying that I see that the fullness of the Holy Spirit will be manifest in and rest on this stump, I mean this stem, this sprout that comes from the stump on Jesus. And in that completion... The specific manifestations are going to be full. He says, first, there's habitation, that the Spirit's going to stay on him. That Hebrew word for rest is the Hebrew word to stay upon. That the Holy Spirit's not coming and going, it's staying on Jesus. It's inhabiting him. It's going to give him rest. That on him there's going to be counsel, and on them there's going to be understanding and, and, and might and knowledge and wisdom and the fear of the Lord. Why are these things so important? Because all of these things are what we need when we are trying to discern how we are going to trust God moving forward in our future. How are you and I going to trust God moving forward in our future when so much of our past has been cut down, cut apart, marred, scarred, and broken? What we need is counsel. What we need is wisdom. What we need is understanding. The good news is God is not saying you need to discover those things. He said you can find those things in Jesus. That everything you and I need is found in Jesus Christ in an intimate relationship with him. Not in church, not in, just, uh, not, not in religion, not in just trying to be a nicer person or a better, cleaner man or woman. Not just following the Ten Commandments. He's talking about an intimate relationship with Jesus. You can find what you need when you and I are trying to discern how in the heck are we going to trust God when we're moving forward when some of our past has been so broken. I don't know about you, but I need this in 2000. And 24. I think the challenge for us, I think, as we move into this modern world, is this, that it's easy to allow the trauma to the stump to distort the potential of the shoot. It's easy for us to allow the trauma that's been done to our life to distort how we're going to trust God as he begins to move. When our lives, or, or that area of our life that feels like it's taken blow after blow after blow, and the marks of disappointment and rejection or abuse or maybe even seemingly failure seem so evident to our eyes. The truth is, my friends, all we can see is what's missing. All we can see are the marks that caused it to go missing. Danielle and I have the privilege of living in a really old house, 1771. And when we go down to the basement, one of the really cool things is that you can see the, the axe-hewn beams that actually hold up our house. You can see the ax marks in the beam. That's really, really cool. If you're the one who is, you know, benefiting from the ax. But how many of you know it's a different story for the tree? Right? All the tree sees is the marks of pain, the marks that took away its dream, the marks that were left over by the hand that held the ax, all the burdens that were placed on top of it by the one that cut it down. See, the difference, however, is that unlike trees, we have memories of these things. You and I remember what it used to be. We remember when our marriage was. We remember when that relationship was like. We remember when church had. We remember when people were. We remember, we remember the way it could be or should be or might have been if it wasn't for the pandemic or if it wasn't for that boss that held me down or if it wasn't for if that, if that partner of mine, that spouse of mine would just love me the way that they should or, 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 or that friend hadn't backstabbed me, then my, my life, my dream, that desire wouldn't be scarred the way 
that it is. If it wasn't for the trauma of the axe, I might see my future differently. If it wasn't for the trauma of the axe, maybe I'd see my future differently, Pastor. I don't know. I don't know about what you're talking about. Because all I can see right now is what is missing and what the axe did to my life. The truth is, God understands it. It's why he sends Isaiah. Isaiah is going to Israel because Israel was going to have memories of either the kingdom that they lost or the king that was coming. Hardship or hope, pain or promise, trauma or trust, what they were left, come on, or what God was bringing. It's the same with you and I. Today, we are faced with the same thing. As we go into 2024, we are faced with thinking about, are we going to concentrate on the pain? Remember the pain or the promise? Remember the trauma? Or the tra- I don't have to deny the trauma. Axe, 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 come on, axe cuts come. I don't have to say it didn't happen. I just have to remember the, the, the memorial stones that he placed. I'm going to remember something, what was taken from me or what God's bringing to me. There's this beautiful moment in Mark chapter 9 where a boy who has Caesars uh, is brought to Jesus' disciples by his father. And the disciples can't heal him. They come to church and they, he, he can't get it. He doesn't get a breakthrough. And that's a traumatic moment. There's trauma that that dad experiences, disappointment, disillusionment. Jesus rolls up and he says, uh, how long has the boy been like this? And G- uh, the, the dad says, since childhood. Can we agree that's compounded trauma? I mean, for years, this boy broken and broken and hurt, and I can't fix him. And as a dad, that is trauma upon trauma upon trauma. So much so that this dad says to Jesus, if you can do something, can you please help him? He has Jehovah Rapha, the God who is healing, standing in front of him in flesh. And his response to God is, if you can do something, come on. This is so much like us so many times. The trauma of the axe makes us beggars on one hand and riddled with unbelief on the other. We're begging God to do something while still not believing he'll actually do it. Jesus says to this man, with God, everything's possible. And I love verse 24 because his response is this, then I believe, but help me overcome my unbelief. Immediately, this man recognizes that he wants to believe, but there's still so much in him, so much doubt caused by trauma, that it's hard for him to believe. He still thinks it could be over. It was so easy for him still to be blinded to the potential of Jesus that was standing in front of him because of all the trauma the axe had brought in his past. Here's the issue. If you grew up in church, here's the issue in these kind of moments. In these kind of moments is exactly when religion kicks in. Because this is the response of those of us who grew up around church or around Jesus, around God. It's like, oh, you better start believing more. You you need some more faith. You better do something. Come on, Kyle, you know better. You, You better do better. You better get this thing right with God. No. Can I free somebody today? No. No, we can't overcome our trauma alone. We can't overcome our trauma alone. We can't cause the stump to grow no matter how hard you work at it, no matter how much you water it, no matter how much you pray over it, no matter how much you talk to it. You cannot make the stump that has been marred by the axe grow. Only Jesus can overcome our unbelief. 
But so often, we go right back to religion and miss Jesus. The challenge is, I think, in our modern world, if we're honest, and I fall prey to this so often, is that we try to bring things about ourselves through effort, energy, and enthusiasm that can only be produced by the anointing. We're like, we're like, we're, we're gonna, we're gonna work, we're gonna get excited, we're gonna go, we're gonna work hard, we're, we're gonna be passionate, we're gonna do, oh yeah, this is so, but, oh, but then we get exhausted. Do you know why we get exhausted? Because all of those things have limitations. They, they, there's a time when energy is exhausted and effort is exhausted and enthusiasm is exhausted and then you're exhausted for trying. You're like, oh, why am I burnt out? I'm tired, I'm tired of church, I'm tired of God. Yes, yes, that is the natural result of us using energy, effort, and enthusiasm to try to break through in something only the anointing can break through in. But we have hope because Isaiah 10, 27 says, the anointing breaks the oak. The anointing but the anointing, the anointing breaks the yoke. Somebody should have said amen. The anointing, all the rest of Isaiah 10. Isaiah had been talking about all the enemies of God and all the enemies of his kingdom being such strong branches that it didn't seem like any, they could be cut down by human hands at all. It was impossible. But then this small tender shoot comes up and wrecks all of them. Come on, so often what we've convinced ourselves is over in the natural. It's merely an opportunity for God in the supernatural. The anointing or the anointed one. Do you realize that's the name of Jesus? He is the Messiah, the Meshach. Meshach means anointed one. He is the anointed. It is the anointed one that breaks the yoke. It's not my faith. It's not my goodness. It's not my belief system. It's not my action. It's the action of the anointed one. That comes into my life, and he comes in his time, and tongue comes in his way to produce what he wants when he wants it. The truth is, my friends, it's the anointed one that breaks the yoke. In the natural, I, D, D and I garden a lot. We had a lot of stumps taken out this year so that we could expand our garden. And, and I learned something about stumps in the natural. Stumps grow back only when the root remains good. If the roots are good, a stump can produce growth a new shoot, even if it's been cut down. Come on, the, the roots of the gospel are the promises of God. They're the words of the promise maker. They're the faithfulness of who he actually is. That's why Revelation 5, 5 says that Jesus is the root of David. He's not just comes from the stump of Jesse. He is the root of of David. Our root is not good. Our root is great. Our root is life. He is truth. He is abundance. Our, our root is still healthy and strong. Our trauma wants us to look at the ax marks, but God wants us to trust the roots, the things you can't see, the things that lie deep, the things that go beneath the soil, that things even in the winter are living. Come on, some of us are in winter times, but God is still growing. Come on, do you know when roots grow the most? In the midst of a storm. When a storm hits a tree, the roots go deeper to make it stand stronger for future storms. Some of us are looking at the trauma the storms bring rather than the roots he's developing. This is why Job, can we agree Job knows something about trauma? Job says we can have hope again. This is a man crushed. 
This is what he says in Job 14.7. He says, For there is hope for a tree if it be cut down, that it will sprout again, and its roots shall not cease if the roots are good. My friends, if your relationship with Jesus remains strong, it ain't over. There's this amazing moment in Genesis 26, and it's something that we probably all kind of face in times of the natural, where there's a famine in the land. And Isaac decides that he's done with it, he's going to go live in Egypt. Egypt always symbolizes the world. I'm just going to go live in the world. I mean, I'm not really getting much out of it here, so I might as well go over there. They, 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 they have more anyway. I'm just going to go get from them. And God shows up, and God speaks to him. And God says, you will sojourn here. So here, stay in the land, I will show you. It ain't over. Don't go to Egypt. Don't give in and go to the world. Don't, don't throw in the towel. Follow what I'm saying. And verse 12 says this. Verse 12 says, so Isaac sowed in that land and in the same year reaped a hundredfold. He sowed in that land. He didn't go somewhere else. He from the stump, a, sh- a sprout shot up. The reality is, my friends, we all face times when the natural world has beaten us down. We face famines of all sorts of types in our life. We're scarred by the lack in our lives. The lack of opportunity or the lack of happiness or the lack of justice. The lack of money or the lack of a sense of fulfillment. So there's something inside of us that says, well, I might as well go somewhere else. I might as well go over there because this certainly isn't working out for me. And it's the scars of the famine that's talking to us. It's the scars of the famine that are speaking to you and I, and I get it. But we have to actually speak back to those scars. It was the counsel of God. The answer for Isaac is the same answer for us. It's found in the counsel of God. God said, you're not, you are. This is what we're doing. When God said it, the result changed his reality. Isn't it a good news that the Bible says the spirit of counsel is found on Jesus? The spirit of wisdom and understanding and knowledge. The ability to see things that our natural eyes can't see. We don't have to figure it out. We can go to the counselor to get counsel to know how to deal with the scars of the famine in our lives. I don't need to deny that there's some famines in my life. I just need to go to the counselor and let him speak louder than my scars. And the truth is, when Isaac heard it, listen, he listened, he acted, he sowed, and he waited. He listened, he acted, he sowed, and he... That's actually what faith actually looks like. People say, I have faith, and I'm like, well, no, you're just sitting there. You have belief. Faith listens, acts, sows, and then waits. Because faith comes from the word of God coming to the individual, not the individual going to God with all their words. Romans 10, 17 says faith comes from hearing and hearing the word of God. Why? Because the word of God connects me to the roots. It connects me to the root. Maybe in 2024, instead of going, it's time to start sowing. Sowing into that marriage. Sowing into being a disciple. Sowing into that God assignment that he's placed in front of us. Sowing into our kiddos. Come on, the things of God. I heard someone say the other day uh, that, um, look, if your kids have to ask you all the time, are we going to church, you might be backslidden from your purpose. I didn't say it. Don't be mad at me, kid. Just saying. Look, there's going to be natural scars that come. We got to go to the counsel of God. We could see the same result, the same truth in Judges 16 with Samson. I told you a few weeks ago I was going to hit Samson. He gets burned 
in his relationship with Delilah, right? We're all, we've all been there. People in our lives manipulate us, right? Use all sorts of guilt and condemnation against us. And because we're insecure and because we have issues of our own, we give in, we try to keep the peace, we're trying to make people happy. And we end up like Samson, broken. He, he, he had his hair cut, he lost his strength, they, they, they burned out his eyes, they threw him into prison. You want to talk about trauma from an ax? He understood. And the truth is maybe you're here today just like that. Hurt by people, disillusioned and tired of all the manipulation that you see everywhere. And the problem is that often causes us to be blind to what God is doing in our midst. And it locks us in the prison of our own making. Unwilling to get out and try again. Unwilling to trust anymore. Unwilling to love anymore. Unwilling to forgive anymore. Unwilling to extend grace anymore. It locks us away in a prison of our own making. But even after all of his mistakes, all of his hurts, the roots were still good in Samson. One of my favorite verses in the Bible is verse 22. Judges 16, 22, the Bible says this, And Samson's hair began to grow back again even after it's been shaved. Because they could shave his head, but they couldn't get to the roots down underneath of you and I. The truth is, they can shave our heads, but they can't kill our roots. We might be blind and bald, but the spirit of might still resides in the body of my king. Yes, 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 I've made mistakes. Yup, I've been in my own prison. Yup, I've been blinded and bald, but there's a root of faithfulness inside of me that is found in Jesus. The question I have for you today is, in faith, can you feel the stubble? Is it itchy? Maybe it's not long and flowing like it used to be, but the power still remains. What God was doing in those roots still remains today. It ain't over. I love verse 29 there. It says, Samson, he, they took him out and put him on the porch to make fun of him. He grabs one pillar of oppression with one hand and the other pillar of oppression of the other in this house of oppression. And he prays to God and the spirit of might comes back over Samson and he pulls the house down. There are some things, my friends. There are some things there are some areas that the enemy has made his home in our life, has set up shop, has imprisoned our faith and stolen our strength that we need to grab a hold of with both hands today and give permission to the Spirit of the Lord to bring destruction into that area, to tear down that house of cards that we've built, to tear apart that thing that has imprisoned us and hurt us and oppressed us. It doesn't matter where it's come from. To grab a hold of it and say, Spirit of the living God, I can't, but you can, because the anointing breaks the yoke. We can't allow trauma to trap us in what the anointing has been ordained to deliver us from. Jesus said, Galatians 5 verse 1 says about Jesus, Jesus came to set us free so that we no longer are bound to the yoke of slavery. And finally, when thinking about these types of moments in our lives, I always think not just about what happens from the scars of relationships or in the natural world, I also think about what happens in church world. It always brings me back to 2 Kings chapter 6, where Elisha is with the prophets, and the, the house of the Lord is too small, so the prophets decide to enlarge it. So they, they get some axes, and they go out into the woods and start cutting, cutting down some trees. And all of a sudden, verse 5, it says... Uh, one of the prophets goes, oh no, my axe head fell off and it fell into the lake. 
and it's not mine. I borrowed it. Something essential goes missing. But the issue, my friend, is one of stewardship. With what was given to us by another, that was theirs and is not ours. And its purpose was to build the house of the Lord. The picture of the axe head is a picture of the Holy Spirit. It's a picture of the gifts of the Spirit and the fruit of the Spirit, the promises of the Spirit and the provision of the Spirit. It's not yours, it's His. It's given to you for the purpose of building out the house of the Lord. But when we missteward it, come on somebody, it's people who always pay the price. Here is where many of us experience axe cuts that make, it, that make us believe it's truly over inside of church. When someone who we thought was building the house of God, loses the axe head, messes up, drops what was given to them. It traumatizes us. And it can get worse when, when we've done that and we don't admit that we've done it or we're ashamed that we did it or we try to ignore that we do it. And so we're just sitting there swinging the axe handle against the tree without an axe head. And you know all we get time and time again as we swing the axe handle is bruised trees. All we're doing is getting bruised and beaten up trees. And the reality is so many of us have experienced this. I can't tell you how many times I've dropped the axe head in my life. Over 30 years of ministry, I can't count the number of people I know that I have bruised. Maybe you're sitting here today, maybe you're listening online. I'm so sorry, and I know I do it. I know I've done it. There's so many of us that have done it. I can't even count the number of people I know, whether intentionally or not, have lost the edge of the spirit in their life and have bruised and broken the people that they were supposed to be building with. It's easy to happen when you're trying to build things for God. On top of this, if we're honest, we ourselves lose the axe head, don't we? We ourselves lose the, the sharpness of the spirit. We, 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 we start out with joy and grace and peace and somewhere along the way well, there's people that uh, 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 push it too far. There are people that we can't forgive. There's things that we aren't graceful for or, or there's mercy that's not okay to give. Somewhere along the way we started to build the house of God and we stopped swinging the axe. We stopped connecting with the Holy Spirit. We stopped allowing him to do what we need done in our lives. But here's the good news. There's a restorer of what is lost, and his name is Jesus. Come on, our tree might be beaten and bruised. It might be leaking sap and sagging, but the roots are still good. Jesus is still good. If it was about the goodness of someone else, we were always broken. If it was about our own goodness, we were always going to be broken and bleeding. But if it's about his goodness, if it's about how good God is towards us, even when I'm beaten up, even when I'm sagging, even when I'm soaked with sap, even when I've lost some hope, he can restore it again. There's one. Why? Why can he restore it? Because the Spirit rests and it abides on him. No matter what pastor so-and-so does or evangelist, what's-his-name falls into, no matter how we've lost hold of the fruits of the gifts of the Spirit or mishandled them, no matter that the miracles we saw when we first got saved seem like they have dried up, there's one who can touch and reclaim what was lost and recover what was marred in our life. It's about being rooted to the one who is the root. 
Psalm 92, verse 13. We, look, I've used this wrong. Many people in church have used this wrong because we're trying to build church instead of build people. And I get it. I've fallen into the trap. But this verse is so important. It says, those who are planted in the house of the Lord. Not, not, not a house, not, not, not potted, not so they're moved around. When you are planted, when you are developed, those who are planted where God has them to be planted, when you are planted and you're letting your roots grow, you shall bear fruit even when you get old. You will always flourish. You will always be fresh. Do you know how Elisha changes things? Verse 6 says he cuts off a branch, the wood upon which fruit usually grows. And he touches the place of loss, and the axe head floats again. He exchanges his fruitfulness on the wood and touches our area of loss. And what was lost returns. Your hope, your journey with God might be at the bottom of the lake, but it's not beyond his reach. It ain't over. Come on, my friends. Today, even if you're just a stump, Stay rooted. Stay planted. It ain't over. The whole message of the gospel is this one thing. Even when it looks over, it ain't over. When after 12 years, it seemed like no doctor could help her, Jesus said to the woman with the issue of blood, it ain't over. When Lazarus had drawn his last breath and was laid in the tomb for four days, Jesus said, it ain't over. When that little boy showed up with only five loaves and two fish to feed 5,000, Jesus said, it ain't over. When blindness had stolen Bartimaeus' life, he, Jesus said to him, it ain't over. When Peter was falling into the stormy sea, Jesus said to him, it ain't over. When the woman, come on somebody, when they picked up stones to stone the wayward woman, Jesus looked her in the eyes and said, it ain't over. When all the that was left was blood on the axe hewn wood and the light of the world was shrouded in darkness of the tomb my God said it ain't over somewhere someday somehow this year are you willing to say you don't have to deny the fact that you've been scarred I can't tell you how many times I've been scarred in church. Can't tell you how many times I've almost lost faith. How many times hope had almost slipped from my fingers. How many times I was Peter, one day walking on the waves and the next day falling beneath them. I'm not standing here as a perfect example of this message. I'm standing here inviting you to be on a journey with me into this message. Scars are real. But no matter how much you deny them or try to fix them yourself, you can't make the stump grow. A stump will only grow when the roots are healthy. How is your root with Jesus today? How's your connection there? That's it. We need church. We need each other. We need a community of faith. Don't get me wrong. All those things are important. But the root is bad, there's no growth. But even if the growth is stunted and the root is good, there's a breakthrough on the way. Maybe today you need a hard reset. Going into 2024, you lost some faith, you lost some, some thinking, you've lost some connection with Jesus. 
we're going to take communion. We're going to take a moment to reestablish that connection. Because what communion does is communion reminds me it's not what I have done that matters. It's what he has done that matters. My, his perfect body was broken so that my imperfect body could be made whole. His blood was shed because there's nothing I could do to get my way to God. I couldn't quit doing something enough or start doing something enough in order to be good enough to get to God. So God made his way to me. But the cost was his own life. I don't know where you are with God today. Maybe you grew up in church or around church like I did. But you got tired of religion. It left you empty. I'm not talking about religion. I'm talking about Jesus. I'm talking about a real life with him that connects deeply. And so before we even take communion today, can I just, can we just bow our heads for a moment? Can, can, can we just take a moment to ask Jesus to come into our life? If you're far off from him today, maybe you've never actually accepted the gift of salvation because the Bible says that the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God, the gift, the free gift, is eternal life through Jesus. And that is by grace, undeserved favor of God. By faith, that means you believing it's done. That it comes into our life and we're saved today. Maybe you find yourself having prayed that prayer before, but being honest, you've been distracted by the scars on the stump much more than your connection to the root. Today's the day to be reconnected. So I'm going to invite you to pray with me, and then we're going to hop into communion. We're going to just step into this intimacy with Jesus, because all it takes is a moment of surrender. We're all going to pray, but if you're here today and you can just say, man, I want a deeper relationship with Jesus, can you pray this from the bottom of your heart? Not to me, but to him. Just say, dear Lord Jesus, here I am today. I've come to give you all my life. I'm not going to hold anything back. I'm asking you, Jesus, to be the Lord and Savior of my life. Forgive me of all my sin. Cleanse me of everything I've done wrong. Fill me with your spirit and make me your child. I know today that I've been marred by the axe. But I am trusting that the God of, my, uh, the God of heaven is a restorer of the things that were lost. So fill me, cleanse me, renew me. Save me in the name of Jesus. I choose to move forward for your glory and not go back. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Come on, can we give God just some praises for a moment? Lord, thank you for the lives that are choosing to follow you today. In the name of Jesus, thank you. Hey, look, the Bible tells us that when we know Jesus, we get to come to this table both in reflection of what he did, but also rejoicing in what he did. 
Because although this is a moment that talks about sacrifice, it's also a promise that the sacrifice is done. That it ain't over. Even though sin has marred our life, the Savior is the restorer of all the things the locusts have eaten. That's what we're going to celebrate today. So if you, when you came in and got your communion cup, if you didn't, we're going to just, uh, if you could just give us a wave, Pastor Irene and Pastor Ron, they have uh, some uh, extras and we'll take them around really quickly. I just thought it was important that we not only ended the year with communion, but that we started the next year out of this place of forgiveness, reconciliation, restoration, recovery, trust, faith, and hope. And that's what we're doing here today. The Bible says, That on the night that Jesus was betrayed, he took bread. And after giving thanks, he broke it. And he said, this is my body, which has been broken for you. Take it and eat it, and when you do, remember what I've done. This is his body. His perfect body was broken so that our imperfect body could be made whole again. So when we eat it, proclaim to your, remind your soul. Oh, I may be beaten and broken down, but my Savior has set me free. Thank you, Jesus, for this bread. Thank you that it is your body broken so that we can be made whole. You are the bread of life. Fill our souls so we hunger for the world no more and hunger for your glory now and forever in Jesus' name. Amen. Take and eat the bread of life. Bible says after he was finished dinner, he took a cup. It's called the cup of redemption. He said, this is the cup of the new covenant of my blood. It's for the forgiveness of your sins. Religion reminds us how bad of a sinner we are. Christianity reminds us how great of a savior we have. Religion will always remind you how bad of a sinner you are. Christianity reminds us how great of a Savior we have. This is the cup of the new covenant. It's a new day. We're not stepping in just to a new year. Some of us are stepping into new days. I, 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 need, to, I need somebody in here to hear this today. I believe without a shadow of doubt God is saying that there are new days ahead of you. Do, b- behold, I'm about to do new things. New things. New things. I don't know about you, but I'm, I can't wait to see some new things that God's doing. Some new things with some old things. And some new things with things I haven't seen yet. But when you drink this, you remind yourself that there's not one thing you've done. Not one. But you don't know. You know not one thing that you've done is more powerful than the blood of Jesus Christ. Not one. Not one. Yeah, but you don't know. No, no, no. Not one. The devil's going to be like, yeah, but you don't know what hit. No, 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 not one. 
by his stripes you are healed. Father, we thank you that this cup is the cup of the new day. We praise you, we love you, we give you the glory and the honor that's due your name. We take it proclaiming right now that it is the blood of Jesus that cleanses us and makes us whole, that makes us acceptable in your sight, that it's not by our work but your work, and that work is a finished work. By your stripes we are saved, we are whole, and we are healed. We have been made children of God because of what you have done. And we rejoice in that right now. As we head into 2024, in this new year, we are praying, we are standing on the fact that we are saved and delivered and restored, that we are children of God, that we can call you Abba, Daddy, that you not only are going before us, but that you've got our backs and that goodness and mercy are hunting us down. All because... Jesus, you took the cup of the cross and drank it for us. So we drink it from you. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, thank you that every sin has been washed away. You've thrown it all into the sea of forgetfulness. Not one remains. I know how great of a sinner I am, but I'm going to rejoice in how great of a Savior you are. Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done in 2024, in my life, in our lives, in this church as it is in heaven. We give you the glory and the honor and the praise to your name. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, church, we're going to do one last thing before we go. Just one more act of worship. It's the giving of our offerings, and I'm going to ask Pastor Rick to come up really quickly. Can you give Pastor Rick just a hand as he's coming up? I love Pastor Rick. Amazing man. Just going to encourage us with our giving. Well, thank you for encouraging us with the message. It was, just, it was so anointed. And let's just remain in the spirit of the sermon today. There's a lot of different ways of giving. Uh, we can give to the envelopes that are on the tables around us. You can deposit them in the kiosks that are on the exit doors. Or you can take out your smartphone or dumb phone, whatever, <laughs> and point it toward the QR code uh, that's, on, and that's all over the building, and it'll direct you how to give that way as well. Maybe your bank account uh, looks like a stump right now. Maybe you've suffered some trauma. Maybe it needs some pruning. But I had something happen to me this week that I wanted to share briefly. I walk every morning, and I pray when I walk. And I was asking the Holy Spirit just really what he wants to say about this year. And I was thinking about my wife, Kathy, when I asked her, asked him. And I got this for me, for her. And it was, love her more in 24 <laughs> and I, I, I love this so love much that I wanted to just share that with you to tie this into our offering this, this morning. Um, love is at the heart of giving, isn't it? Yeah. And I really take the challenge that you just gave us to hard, hard, hard reboot. Is that what you Hard said? reboot. Hard yeah. reboot. And take a moment to ask God how you can love more through your giving. Mm. Love more in 24. 
give more in 24, mm-hmm. not in mustered up faith, yes, but in God-breathed, anointed yeah. inspiration. Amen. Really Let's good. pray. Father, we really thank good. you for this day. We yes. thank you that we're going to listen to you, Holy Spirit, about yes, what Lord. you want us to do in 24. Yes. Because our love is translated into people, and we thank you that this church has an anointing on it. This church is called to bless this community and make a difference. We ask that you just bless this time, bless this offering, and it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Hey, thanks. I appreciate it so much. Hey, church, can you just stand with me really quickly? I want to encourage you to come on back next week. We uh, will be talking a little bit about... um, Hey, some things that are, that'll be going on in 2024. We've got uh, our discipleship groups that will start again uh, after next Sunday. We've got some amazing things that are, that are getting ready to launch again. We've got TKC, our mobile food truck, getting ready to go back out into community. So much that God's doing uh, that you get a chance to be a part of. But in faith today, can you say one thing with me? It ain't over. Come on. It ain't over. Father, I pray today for every person who's just said that, out loud and in their heart, that the things that you've stirred up, the things that you've started, those sprouts, those shoots, those things that aren't full branches yet, aren't full trees yet, haven't grown and produced the fruit yet, Lord God, that we don't give up faith on. We, we, we say to our souls, it's not over yet. My God is doing something. Father, we're giving you permission, Samson to pull down the strongholds of the enemies in our life. Lord God, like Isaac, we're going to listen and sow, Lord God, and wait on you, Father. Like like Elisha, we're going to allow you to come and move with your Holy Spirit to restore all that has been scarred and marred in our lives. Only you have that power. So as we head into this new year, we are trusting with a new hope We're believing for you to do what only you can do. Holy Spirit, I pray right now that you fall on each one of us. Fill us to overflowing in a brand new way. Father, unlock gifts and fruit that we've never had this year. As we move into 2024, I pray an increase, Lord God. Every step that we take may find an increase in who you are, an increase of intimacy with you, of breakthrough, Lord God, of love, of mercy, of goodness, Lord God, of grace towards others. In the name of Jesus, I I pray for an outpouring in us and through us and out of us into the world around us that they may know who you are by our love we love you we praise you we give you the glory thank you for what you've done and we're going to thank you already for what you're going to do in 24 we love you and praise your holy name in jesus name amen god bless you church i love you happy new year